G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. If you're hauling that cross out around there, I mean, there's people who do three trips around the roundabout to keep looking at it, you know. I mean, it's just marvellous being out there and being able to reach out to them people that are, are really desperately in need, especially these days, the way things are, you know, the way the world's going and everything like that. People are at a point of really, really becoming desperate. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, the Bible tells us that we should take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. And for Graham Heffernan, he did this literally for two months in 2014 while travelling to various parts of Queensland sharing the gospel. Graham is an Aussie cowboy, horse trainer and rodeo champion who felt compelled to take a break from his normal routine to go on this unique journey. Karen Hunt chatted with Graham shortly after he returned from his trip. Good morning, Graham. Welcome back and welcome home. Good morning, Karen. It is great to be back, although I wouldn't mind being out there. So, so you've been back now for two weeks. In essence, you travelled from northwest Queensland to southeast mm. Queensland, and in each of the towns that you visited, you had this heavy-looking wooden cross that you carried on your shoulder throughout the various communities. So how are you doing two weeks back? What was it like? Oh, it was was awesome. When I left, I, I wasn't sure what I was in store for. I had a few ideas, of course, but um, it turns out the Lord, he's blessed me more than he has anyone out there. And what he's taught me and shown me and yeah, it's something that everyone should do, whether it be six weeks or just one day, get out in the street there. And if you're willing and uh, you just got to be available, the Lord will use you and you step out, he'll be with you, I tell you, and it's wonderful. So you weren't actually walking between the towns, were you? You were basically driving, you were self-contained with your ute, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, but as it turned out, for the six weeks I was out there, uh, I think I slept in the swag uh, for four or five nights. Ah, true. Uh, yeah, the rest of the time, uh, people in the towns took me into their home and, and uh, give me somewhere to sleep and tub, you know, shower and, and, and a good feed. Uh, and they can all cook out there, I can tell you. What a great experience. And I guess you uh, you know, really get to know the locals wherever you go when you go actually and stay within their homes. It was. A, you know, I've made a lot of contacts um, through, through this trip and, and uh, people that I have kept in touch with and, um, and I'm sure I'll be uh, doing some work for the Lord in the future. Also uh, caught up with some old friends of mine over the years that I haven't seen for oh, a long, long time from when I was radioing out through that country and that was uh, a bit of a nostalgic part of the journey, you know. Just fill us in on where you grew up, what you got into as a young man and how that comes to play with what you've just done. Well, I guess as I grew up as a kid, I, I always loved horses, even from the rocking horse side. I used to give it curry, I can tell you, and we rock it off its feet. <laughs> and uh, 
I, I just loved horses, and, and, and they still had, uh, you know, the dairy still used horses, and, and there was an old chap around the road, old Reg Tapsley was a bottle over, he still had an old, an old clump of mare that he used, to, he used to drive her around, put on a lorry, singing out Bottle O, and, and um, I just grew up around that sort of stuff, and really had a love for horses from the first, you know, and when I uh, eventually got to the point uh, where I finished my apprenticeship and I could, I could sort of take off, as soon as I could take off, Went away with the tent show back in about '72. Tent shows like a buck jump show, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we we'd show six nights a week, different town every night, and and uh, it was pretty quick to set the thing up. And, and um, uh, I travelled with them for four or five months uh, through Victoria, South Australia, over in West Australia, and and um, and just was hooked. And then from there on, I, I just started, I joined a radio association, ARRA, and just radioed for the next, I suppose, 15 or 20 years. And and that um, brought me into uh, horse training, eventually training horses for live shows and, and for a few movies and things like that, and uh, docos, and and um, training horses for other people. And I've met a lot of great people through it. And, of course, that's given me connections out through all that Western country as well, which has been a... Uh, a real real blessing, you know, to, to be able to get back out there and catch up with some of them people. So you know a lot of people throughout our countryside. I remember you telling us how you became a Christian when you were part of a World Cup rodeo that was in both Sydney and Melbourne. Can you just give us, you know, like a little mini version of how that came to be? Sure. Well, with World Cup rodeo and being supposed to be a million-dollar rodeo, a lot of money up. A lot of the top Americans, Canadians, New Zealanders come over, and with the Americans come a, a couple of preachers, uh, Dennis McKinley and, and Glenn Smith, and and uh, it just so happened that they uh, run well cowboy church as they called it, which is still called that now in Australia, um, at uh, at the event, and I went to one of them, and uh, they uh, they they preached the salvation message and uh, sent him one to come up, but wanted to receive Christ and I was one of them along with a few others and it was uh, that, that was the start of things and really turned my life around Graham fill us in you headed out you went straight up to Camerwheel what did you find at the outset well I, I found a little bit more than I expected yeah. I, as a matter of fact when the Lord finally told me it took him seven months to tell me where to start from and when he said Camerwheel I thought well you've got to be kidding I've been through there a thousand times there's no one there you know but anyway, it didn't take long after I got there to find out why. There was a uh, an old Pentecostal chap that was staying at the same place I was uh, with the name of Lee, and he'd been preaching out at Boorooloola, at an Aboriginal camp out there. And mm-hmm. he told me, he said, four months ago, he said, the Lord put on my heart to come to Camelwheel. He said, I don't know why, I've got no idea why. He said, but I'm here, just waiting on him. That, then that night I went and I met the uh, the pastor of the Indigenous, well, there was only one church in Camelwheel, it's an Indigenous church, Aboriginal church. Uh, I got to share a bit of time with John Owen, and he um, told me that he'd been praying for a revival for like five years and, and seen nothing. And... Uh, well, with Lee coming to town, it might have been the start of something. And and then the day I was leaving, I was going to take the cross out again for a couple of hours in the morning before I left. And the Lord said, no, you leave that cross there. Just take your Bible down to the uh, roadhouse and, and sit and have a cup of coffee, read your Bible. And I thought, well, Lord must have think so. I've done it. Think, he must think I've done enough here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's marvellous the way he works, his timing and everything. And I went down there, ordered a the coffee, sat down, and the young fellow brought me, me coffee. He's a... Sri Lankan kid, you know, Ronnie, and Ronnie 
look at me Bible. He said, you're reading the Bible? I said, yeah. He said, oh, I love the Bible. I said, do you? He said, yeah. He said, so he took a break and come and sat down. Cut a long story short, he told me his whole story, how he got saved in Toowoomba by a girl that had come from Ireland. And uh, his first week as a Christian was a nightmare. He'd lost his job, lost his licence, he had all sorts of trouble. And, and uh, he went to her and said, I can't be a Christian anymore, it's too hard. She mm. said, no, no, you stay strong because, oh, enemy's coming against you. So you stay strong and, and you'll see what God has for you and it'll be something big. He said then, uh, two, about two months after that, he said, the Lord put it on my heart to come to Camelwell. He said, I don't know why, but I'm here. Them two fellows had been there, well, they'd both been in the town for at least uh, a couple of months and had not connected yet. Really? They did not know. They, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one was just a quiet little fellow. It was the, the little Sri Lankan kid that, yeah. that was in in the uh, roadhouse. And just straight up the other end of the street on the same side, the street was uh, the Rainbow Hostel that Lee was staying at, and they hadn't actually ever connected, so they did. So close, and, uh, but yet so and, far. <laughs> yes. Now, Lee, yeah, that's right. Now, Lee, he's conducting Bible studies at Little Hall that's right beside where he lives, and, and he's uh, connecting up with Ronnie, the young uh, kid that had, he had been a Hinduist, actually, when he got saved. So, spent a fair bit of time with, with Ronnie while I was there, and, and I know you can just tell that the Lord really has got something big for him. So, something is going to be coming out of Camelwheel, and now they're actually fellowshipping, at least I know Lee is fellowshipping with the Pentecostal guy, with the... Um, uh, the guy that uh, the pastor John O that's uh-huh. running the um, uh, the indigenous church. So so it's all coming together. I mean, Lord's brought them people there for some reason, and uh, it seems like he, it's been two months gap between Lee getting there, young Ronnie getting there, and then me getting there. You know, and yeah, so something big is happening. I really believe there's going to be a, um, a revival come out of that area. You know, be like a light and a fuse and heading down the road. So Camerwheel was the first stop. Then you went on to Mount Isa, Concurry, Winton, Longreach. The list goes on. Generally speaking, were you welcomed in the communities? Were you well received, this stranger with this wooden cross walking down the main street? Yeah, it was. You know, uh, by, by the um, local churches, they, you know, they were very welcoming. I couldn't contact them all. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I... Uh, just had had some troubles trying to you know trying to actually get onto them all uh, at short notice and but there were the few that I, I did contact there was always someone that knew I was coming into town and they were very very welcoming and, and supportive and, and at Mount Isa um, they sent some of the youth out with me onto the onto the streets and there's, there's other towns there's a few of the, the, the associate pastors and stuff come out on the street with me you know so it was it was very welcoming and most people took me into their homes and looked after me and that. So here I am looking at your local home church Facebook page. On there is a whole bunch of fantastic photos, but there's one that stands out to me. There's a yellow wall, and in front of the wall, (laughs) there's like three young people, each with a cross over their shoulder Mm -hmm. on their back, following you down the street. What was that one about? Well, that was at Mount Isa, and that was some of the youth from the CRC church. Okay. Yeah, and they had their own little crosses. There was Jesus is Lord written on them and different scriptures and so forth. Did you find that uh, people would tend to copy what you were doing and follow suit? No, it was only there. It's the fact that they had their, those crosses and, and they were keen to come out in the street with me. And, and I think uh, the pastor had a bit of confidence in me because he knew me from 30 years ago, sure. you know, and he knew it wasn't some nut yes. that was out there spreading the wrong message, you know. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> so I can imagine, though, that some people would have been a little bit 
apprehensive and wondering, what the heck is this guy doing? Did you get any abuse at all while you were out travelling, carrying your cross? Yeah, on occasion you did. You did? Probably the most memorable would be a clock yeah. carry. Okay. And uh, I was there a couple of days walking the streets and handing out tracks and, and I just had set my cross down for a little while and, and gone and done something. And I, when I come back, there was a chap sitting just across from it, and he said, what's that? I said, it's a cross. He said, oh, I can see that. What are you doing with it? And I told him, well, he was pretty rough in the way he was carrying on. He was a bit, he wasn't being abusive there at that stage, but as soon as his wife turned up, which was about a couple of minutes after I started talking to him, um, she, she went off her brain, and it made him worse, and, and then it just became a thing. We had a bit of an audience. It was people gathered to see what was going on, and it's amazing what the Lord can do, you know, he just give me a real peace, you know, the Holy Spirit, I guess, just come on me and I just had a real peace about the whole thing and I'm just looking at him yelling and carrying on, especially her. And then they stopped, they just stopped, they must have wore out a yellow and I just said, well, look, it doesn't matter what you say about me or Jesus or God or the cross, it'll never, ever, ever change the fact that he loves you. And as soon as I said that, they just looked at me and their jaws dropped and they just, and you could tell that they right then at that moment knew how real God was and how much he loved them and how real his love is and how powerful it is. And the people watching, they would have gone, well, what just happened? What just happened? Like, it's like throwing water on a fire, you know? (laughs) What just happened? Just defuse the whole situation. God's love did and the power of it. And they would have known how real God's, God was right then as well, you know. So what looked from the outside would have looked to be a really bad situation. It turned out that everyone got blessed by it. Because as I walked away, I even got to pray for them as I'm walking away. And yeah. if they hadn't have done what they'd done, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have known how real God's love is. What looked like a, a real bad deal ended up being a blessing to everyone that was around me. You know? I really believe, and I've seen that in the street quite a few times over the years too, you know, uh, the people that are that, that come out more against what you're doing uh, than anyone generally are the closest to receiving Christ because it can be one or two things that can be, uh, you know, they're really convicted by it and they know where they're at is not the right place or, you know, the old enemy is, is having a last-ditch effort at keeping mm. them on the truth, you know, and sitting on their shoulder getting them to do that stuff. Well, as soon as they knew how much God loved them, they just, poof, that was it. You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Aussie cowboy, horse trainer and rodeo champion, Graham Heffernan, who had just returned from a two-month trip through various parts of Queensland when this interview was recorded. As we've been hearing, Graham was sharing the message of the cross on his trip while literally carrying a cross. We'll find out more of his story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're back with more of Karen Hunt's interview with Aussie cowboy Graham Heffernan, who had just returned from a two-month trip through various parts of Queensland when this interview was recorded. As we've been hearing, Graham was literally taking up his cross daily while on this trip and sharing the gospel with everyone he met. 
Graham, you were just sharing with us about uh, your experience in Cloncurry, walking through the community there, your cross on your back, talking with the people, a little bit of uh, an abusive situation eventuated. But along the way, over the six or so weeks, something special happened in Rosewood. Tell us what happened with the journo. Sure, uh, Karen. Well, I, I was um, actually sitting down uh, sharing my story with with a, a lady from a local paper and as I was sharing with her there was a young kid would have been I suppose 13 or 14 come along on a, this massive big skateboard he had I just stepped out and said hello to him and give him a track and then he seen the cross and he asked about it and we had a bit of a conversation and then he, he started to get real excited about it you know yeah. it's like the Holy Spirit just touch him you've got a touch from God like I can tell you because he was so excited about it and, and as he left I said God bless you he said yes you too and off he went <laughs> and this woman is looking and she said that's unbelievable I said what is she said that kid is from the worst family in town yeah. and you know if they were here they would be abusing you left right and centre now you see, I don't know where that kid was coming from in the first place. He, he seemed okay, and he wasn't abusive. Maybe he had a bit of respect for my age or something, perhaps. <laughs> but um, but I really believe he got a touch from the Lord because as excited as he was when he left, that feeling coming from him was only something you get from God, you know, and, and uh, he's going to take that home with him. But uh, I had been sharing with that journalist exactly that. Just as he turned up, I just finished telling her the story about yeah. Tom Curry, mm-hmm. and then she's seen it. Then she she got to experience God's love and operation right then. Bang. What a perfect timing. How good God's timing is to bring that young fellow along right at that moment, you know. She obviously lives in that town and knows that family well and she'll get to see a change in him, I really believe, you know. How did you find visiting the churches themselves? I mean, I think it's great being out in the community, conversations with the passers-by, talking to anyone and everyone. That's kind of what I like to do as well. But within the churches, did you visit particular churches in each town that you went to or...? Yeah, well, I generally call them or get, as I went along, it was good to get um, like a knockdown, so to speak, from uh, pastors at towns that were along the line, you know, and they, like a pastor from Cloncurry might call a pastor in Winton and say, oh, there's this fella coming through, and yeah, he's okay, so, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> don't, don't worry about him spreading the wrong message. And uh, as you went down the line, it worked a lot better than, than me actually contacting them myself, you know. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah, although I would eventually, of course, you know, before I got to town, I'd I'd touch base with them, but 90% of the time it would be after one of the the pastors that I had already met had spoken to them, you know. So did you get any preaching, speaking opportunities within the churches while you were out there doing your thing? Yeah, I I did get to share a little of my story at at a number of churches along the road, and and Mount Isa was... One I could say, you know, I got to share there, and, and that was in on the Sunday morning. And they said, "Well, hey, let's get some of the youth out with you in the afternoon." So on the Sunday afternoon, we went out in the street, and uh, we had a great time. There was one fellow out there giving his life to the Lord through it, and and there was uh, you know, quite a few others that the youth themselves have continued on with, with that street ministry since I've left, and and, um, and they're following up with people from that first Sunday afternoon that we went out. You know, so. That's really encouraging to know that other people are, are getting out there because there's so many people that are lost and it's not as hard as you think, you know. You step out and the Lord will open doors for you. He'll prepare people's hearts for you, you know. And you never really know how far those ripples will go, hey, the ripple effect. That's it, absolutely. And 
and whatever it is you do, I mean, there'll be things you won't even see, you won't even know the effect, even if you're hauling that cross out around there. I mean, there's people who do three trips around the roundabout to keep looking at it, you know. I mean, it's just marvellous being out there and being able to reach out to them people that are, are really desperately in need, especially these days, the way things are, you know, the way the world's going and everything like that. Mm. People are at a point of really becoming desperate. For some people, Graham, who remember the Arthur Blessed story, the the movie about Arthur Blessed in the United States of America, doing something a little bit similar, carrying the message of the cross on his mm-hmm. back all around the globe. Did you get many people that were familiar with that man and his story and wanted to compare notes? Uh, yeah, there was a few people that, not a lot, but there was a few people that mentioned Arthur Blessed and that they'd uh, seen his video or heard about him and that sort of thing. And, um, well, what I'm doing is a far cry from what Arthur Blessed done, but, um, you know, basically doing the same thing in some ways, though. But, I mean, he, he carried across for 40 years. Yes. <laughs> uh, he wasn't driving between towns. He'd yeah. walk the yeah. whole way. Yeah. You know. Lord hadn't called me to do that. He's, I'd say I'd probably be carrying across again, but he hasn't put that on my heart to do that yet, but I'm sure he will again sometime. So why did you do it, Graham? Why? Yeah, because God just asked me to do it, and it really excited me. You know, I, you know, I didn't even think years ago, uh, about thirty years ago, working in ministry in, in America, we used to carry a cross out through the streets of North Northside Fort Worth and minister to people, and that could have possibly, in my subconscious, although I didn't think of it, it didn't even enter my mind for months that I could remember doing that. So that was in Texas. That was when you were there, um, involved with Cowboy Church there, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Western Will Missions, uh, Dennis, Dennis McKinley, he's the uh, the guy that actually uh, led me to the Lord in, at World Cup Rodeo. And when I went over there rodeo, and I caught up with Dennis again and ended up staying at Dennis and Sharon's place for oh, about 10, 11 months and, and worked in his ministry. When I, when I wasn't away rodeo, and I'd be down, uh, usually down Fort Worth there, for all the honky-tonks, Billy Bobs and all them places, you know. Uh, the Cadillac bar, that's, that was a Cowboys bar, and oh, there were some dives, uh, Filthy McNasties, that was a good place. You know? Filthy McNasties? That was the name of one of the, one of the honky-tonks, and there was a few of them, although it was bitumen roads and, and stuff like that, you know, tar roads, uh, they, they were big wide streets and wide sidewalks or footpaths, and it was, it was kept pretty much like it had been. Old Fort Worth, you know, Cowtown. Billy Bob's, it, it was a bar that covered three acres. They had a ar- little arena in the bar. They used to buck bulls in the bar on a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I think it was. So you're an Aussie cowboy through and through by the sound of it. Where's home? Where have you now come back to? Mount Tambourine. I'm on the hill right now talking to you. Uh, yeah, I'll probably stay here for a while, I guess. And what but, are you involved uh, with there? I'm actually a plumber by trade. I'm getting out of plumbing. I start to specialise in fencing, fence building, mostly rural fences. So what are your hopes and dreams from here on within your local community? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Well, I just want to do whatever the Lord calls me to do. You know, I'm letting him know that I'm available and I'm willing to do whatever he wants me to do and um, I know that that's where the rest of my life is going to be and I really think that's going to involve horses and other animals but mostly, most probably horses I would say because that's something he's given me that I'm pretty good at and usually something he gives you as a gift like that he, he likes to excel at it and to uh, uh, use it for his glory you know.
Graham, thanks so much for your time this morning to share with us. And I know your heart was to show the unity of Christ, to bring the message of the gospel everywhere that you went. And I'm looking at the pictures here of your return. And there are like so many crosses with so many people celebrating your return. So you're definitely well loved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it would appear so, wouldn't it? You know, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just. It was wonderful getting back and getting amongst all them those folks from church again, and uh, really missed them while I was out there. And quite often they'd call and say, "How are you going?" and wish you was here. And I generally said, "Yeah." I wish I was, but I'm glad I'm here, you know. Well, thank you so much for your investment into the lives of our Queenslanders. And I I hope and pray that as you continue, those filthy McNasties will stay away, (laughs) (laughs) that you'll be protected and and guided and continue to do the will of God. Thank you for your time, Karen, and God bless you. eh? You too. I'll catch up with you sometime. Good on you, mate. Bye-bye, Graham. See ya. That was Karen Hunt's interview with Aussie cowboy and horse trainer Graham Heffernan. And it was recorded in 2014, just after Graham had returned from a two-month trip carrying a life-sized cross through the centres of 25 towns in Queensland and sharing the gospel. He certainly had a sincere desire to share his faith and to be obedient to the Lord. A little trivia about Graham. In addition to working with horses, he's also worked training water buffalo. And he even took some of them to the Indonesian province of Aceh to help villagers rebuild herds that were wiped out by the tsunami in 2004. He's also trained horses and buffalo for movies and was once a champion radio star. His pastor says to the world he is known as the horse whisperer, but in the kingdom of God, he is very vocal and loud about his faith and sharing the message of the cross. To this day, he's still actively serving the Lord and spreading the good news wherever he goes. Well, thanks for joining us for Graham's Colourful Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Ruth all sat down and we had a coffee together and she told me all that Jesus had done for me on Calvary. And I thought, oh, oh, steel sheets, forget it, Ruth. I do not want to know. You can go and take your Christianity, but I didn't say it. I just said, oh, thank you, Ruth. See you later. But that night I sat in the bath for about an hour and all of a sudden I thought, oh, my goodness, I stole two shillings as a child. Gene Barnes and Lois Payne come from different parts of the world, but both share a deep love for God. Gene is from England and Lois is from Canada. We'll hear both their stories and how the Lord has been working in their lives next time. The Story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.